This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? Actually, at a Martinsville race a few years ago, they got snowed out. Well, I didn't get snowed out. I got delayed because of snow like two days. Craziest thing is totally came out of nowhere. What did not come out of nowhere was the ACC changing headquarters. It's been a topic within the ACC footprint for almost a year and a half now. Jim Phillips has said, we are looking for the best place. Where will we plant our flag? What will be the hub of this conference? It's been Greensboro basically since the league was founded. Not basically, literally since the league was founded 69 years ago at Sedgefield Country Club. Now it's at Grandover and been a real staple of that community, big part of that region. And not just the tournament, but the, the conference being there. It's a point of pride. Now it's headed to Charlotte. Going to be in Bank of America Tower. Be about 50 people working there, probably a few more. Going to spend about $5 million to uh, build up this new headquarters. It's going to include a state-of-the-art production studio and going to be a little bit closer to some ACC or rather ESPN resources. ESPNU slash SEC network hubbed down in South Charlotte. So access there will be a little better, but still it was only an hour and a half before if traffic was good. And the football championship has been held in Charlotte multiple times. The basketball tournament, men's basketball tournament, has been held in Charlotte more than a dozen times. Then you have the bowl tie-ins with the Dukes-Mayo Bowl and all that. So I, I get it, but that's not why they're doing it. It's not at all why they're doing it. They're getting paid money from the state of North Carolina to stay in North Carolina, which is fine. I dig that. That's cool. But to say you're relocating to be closer to a major airport. Last time I checked, Greensboro was International Airport. And that you're doing it to be closer to corporate sponsors who aren't going to give you the money. I think that is absolutely asinine. That makes no sense to me. It's almost moving for the sake of moving. And by pulling out of Greensboro, By picking up and moving your headquarters, the league is doing something pretty significant. Not by changing addresses or anything like that. That, of course, is significant. But by relocating and going from Greensboro to Charlotte, it's it's really chopping off a part of its past. It's ties to its past, a tie to its history, a link to something that makes the ACC special, or at least did. That's what's happening, man. It's it's selling its history, its legacy. It's a very unique conference. It really is. I, I covered that league for a long time. Been to literally every stop inside the footprint, from Boston to Miami to, yes, Notre Dame and back around. And it's just... It's, it's got a different vibe than, say, the Southeastern Conference, the Big Ten, or any other league. Especially when you stay within the core. 
and I'm talking now from Virginia to, we'll throw in Georgia Tech, we'll say 1980, yeah, or 78, whenever they joined. And on Tobacco Road in North Carolina and up into Virginia, man, yeah, it's really cool. Down to Clemson. And when Maryland was a part of the league, it was really special. It, it was. It, it, it was great. But it's gone the way of the dodo bird, man. It's, it's gone. And this move, I, I read a column this morning that I had real issue with, saying it was the only move. It was the right move. Yeah, it's the right move for Charlotte. And I've got nothing against Charlotte. I love Charlotte. But right is subjective. Planes fly in and out of everywhere, man. And the corporate dollars that they are wanting to be closer to, they being the powers that be at the ACC, simply having an office in Charlotte isn't going to make them open their checkbooks up to you. It's not. Especially when you have so many more things to compete with. Uh, you got the Panthers, you got the Hornets, you got all this other stuff that goes on in Charlotte, which again, and this bears repeating, is very different than the rest of the Carolinas. It's a true metropolitan city. It's a pro town. Just moving there doesn't mean they're going to get more money from these people. Yeah, you're going to get more from the state, but at what cost? Let's explore this further. It's columnist for the Raleigh News and Observer. It's our pal Luke DeCock. Luke, how are you? I'm good, Scott. I don't, you know, they would have gotten the fifteen million dollars from the state if they'd stayed in Greensboro. So I, I get it. I I think this is poor form. And to say that it's in the best interest of the ACC, I think is absolute baloney. I said it, Luke, baloney. I, I look at the Southeastern Conference in Birmingham, media markets almost identical, and the SEC doing pretty darn good. Why can't the ACC make hay where it was founded? I'm with you on that. I've, I've called this a nothing burger, which uh, the new commissioner took exception to. And I think for the most part, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to fans. It doesn't really matter to the league. Uh, and that's why there, there's real uh, a, a statement behind this. As I wrote, it, it's telling people this isn't the old ACC. We're something different. You know, this is what Syracuse wanted. This is what Notre Dame wanted. Uh, they, their presidents don't want to be in sleepy little Greensboro. They want to be in a town that they think is big. Um, and if being in a big town is, means being a small fish in a big pond, uh, so be it. Uh, you know, they ended up in a building overlooking Bank of America Stadium with a bunch of other companies that have moved their headquarters to Charlotte for various reasons. And the ACC in Charlotte is just another one of those. In Greensboro, it was an institution. It was uh, part of the social fabric of the city in Charlotte. It's just another company that moved there from the Rust Belt. At the end of the day, how does this really behoove ACC? How, what does it do for them money-wise? It's going to cost more, I presume, in rent. I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see a plus side to this, Luke, other than having shorter flights. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, they're not going to have more expensive rent because part of throwing your headquarters up for bid is getting every municipality that wants in the contest falling over themselves offering incentives. And Greensboro actually offered more, including the use of a, of a Honda jet for the ACC. Uh, but Charlotte, you know, they, they've, the city and the sports foundation and, and the, the business development people, uh, they've, you know, they'll subsidize the office space. They'll uh, do other things like that, uh, donations, things like that, to make the ACC feel like it's wanted. Um, it does put the ACC closer to ESPN's production center in, in um, South Park, 
but it also is important to remember that ESPN does the ACC network out of Bristol. That was one of their very first decisions with the network is that it would not be based in Charlotte. So you're moving there to be closer to ESPN, but the network, the ACC network part of ESPN is, is in Connecticut. So, you know, there, there, there are reasons. Um, it may be easier to attract and retain talent in Charlotte than it is in Greensboro. But for the 37 people who are still working for the ACC, they're now going from a very affordable housing market to a very expensive one, and that's a big deal. Uh, so, so there's pluses and minuses. In, in the end, as I said earlier, it doesn't really matter where the conference office is. Uh, it, 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 it really is not a big deal. But it, 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 there's, it matters in terms of appearances. As you said, SEC is fine in Birmingham. Pac-12 doesn't even have an office right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it, it mattered to the politicians, a Democratic governor and a Republican legislative leaders who wanted to make sure the ACC didn't leave on their watch. And it mattered to the presidents who wanted out of Greensboro. And in the end, that's the constituencies that they're serving. Um, they're, they're staying in the state rather than taking the Orlando bid to, to take the $15 million and diffuse a potential political tripwire in North Carolina. And they're making the presidents of schools that weren't in the ACC 20 years ago happy because now they're not ashamed to have to connect to go to the league office because heaven forfend that's somehow Greensboro's problem and not the fault of Syracuse for being a Rust Belt backwater that Rust Belt backwater that doesn't have direct flights anywhere. How I, I I'm under the presumption and you and I communicate a little bit about this and I, and I saw it here and there that this was a unanimous vote by the schools to move the offices from Greensboro to Charlotte. But how much of that was actual truth? Luke, and how much of it do you think is just a show of solidarity? Because I don't see, again, how this could behoove the the Tobacco Road members, the three in the triangle, then, of course, Wake Forest. I can't see how moving it from where it was founded does anything but weaken their stance and actually give power, to your point, to the Syracuses of the world, to the Notre Dames and Louisville's. I don't, I don't think it hurts them that much. Charlotte isn't that much farther down the road. It certainly is a major city in the state of North Carolina, uh, which, you know, there's, there's plenty of UNC fans, plenty of state fans um, in Charlotte. I, I, I don't see that being a huge negative for the North Carolina schools. Maybe for Wake, which may have benefited in some small way from being close to the league office. But, you know, the jokes have always been that the league office is basically in Chapel Hill anyway. So um, it's, not, it's not that big a deal. Uh, as far as the unanimous vote goes, uh, anyone who's ever served on a, on a board or a committee knows that good leaders will never take something to a vote unless they know they have the votes. And once it becomes clear that something is going a certain way, a commissioner or a board member or chairman or executive director will apply pressure to make sure that this all comes out looking squeaky clean. I think if you had an actual secret ballot vote in public, it would not be unanimous. But obviously, they had the votes to move. And, and quite frankly, they had the votes to move last August. It's been cruel the way they've let Greensboro dangle and hold out hope uh, and, and put together an, an incentive package and spend money trying to woo the ACC. When, rea- when in reality, everybody from you to me to the, 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 the Ross freshman on campus knew that Charlotte was going to be the move in the end. And Orlando jumping in with some money and, and Disney made it interesting. But in the end, it was always going to be Charlotte. I think, if anything, the $15 million from the state may have made it briefly more likely the ACC did stay in Greensboro, and Greensboro came to the table. I mean, Greensboro's package was legit. Um, the ACC would have gotten a better financial deal staying in Greensboro than going to Charlotte, but it wanted to be in Charlotte. It always wanted to be in Charlotte. You know, when, when Jim Phillips was hired, the president's put this, if not tops on his list, right near the top. 
Um, Charlotte's always been the front runner. Charlotte was the front runner. The process was quite frankly designed to steer the decision to Charlotte based on the questions that the candidate cities were asked. Um, it was always going to be Charlotte and they wasted 13 months of time that could have been better spent on more pressing issues. Um, they broke the hearts of the people of Greensboro rather than just ripping the bandaid off. They gave them hope and then snatched it away. And in the end, they made a lot of consultants, a lot of money. I mean, I can't remember whether it was Phillips or the Duke president. He said on the conference call yesterday that, well, the consultants told us this process usually takes about a year. I bet they did. <laughs> they found some suckers who were willing to believe them. <laughs> we're joined by Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. Follow him on Twitter at Luke DeCock. Luke, uh, any word, and I, I know he would never say anything publicly, or maybe he would, I don't know at this point, but how John Swafford feels about this. I mean, is this something that maybe was going to happen that was inevitable and he saw the writing on the wall before he left, or is this something that he can lay entirely at the feet of Jim Phillips? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this was ever going to happen as long as John Swafford was in office and he was too closely tied to Greensboro, um, believed very strongly in Greensboro. You could see the pain he felt when he had to cancel the 2020 tournament in Greensboro and, and, and really acted quickly to make sure that that tournament got you know, awarded back to Greensboro uh, in 2023, where we're, where we're going this year. So, um, no, I, I don't see this happening under under John Swafford's watch, nor do I see the president pushing him into that. But I think the occasion of a new leader coming in, someone without ties to the ACC, without any ties to Greensboro, gave them a clean sheet to work with, and this is what they wanted, and this is what they got. I, I, can't, I haven't spoken with John Swafford. I can't imagine he's happy about it. Uh, he felt very strongly that the ACC belonged in Greensboro, and, and that was the right place for the ACC. And it spoke to what the ACC once was and, and the vision that he had for the conference. And quite frankly, that's what this move is about. It's about underlining the fact that the ACC that people grew up with in North Carolina and Virginia and South Carolina and Maryland uh, and, and, and to a lesser extent Georgia and Florida isn't that ACC anymore. It's a television network. It's a regional conference that has schools that don't care about Greensboro. They don't care about the Big Four. They don't care about the Dixie Classic. They don't care about the basketball tournament. I mean, they, they care so little about the basketball tournament, they took it to Brooklyn in front of 8,000 people. So it's a different league now, and, and the ACC, that's, that's neither good nor bad. The ACC had to do that to survive. Otherwise, it was going to get eaten up like the Big East. Um, and North Carolina and Duke would be in the Big Ten, and State would be somewhere else, and Wake would be somewhere else, and you know, that, that this, is, this is what the ACC had to do to survive. In the process, it changed into something else. And sometimes it takes a moment like the conference office moving from Greensboro to Charlotte for no apparent reason to underline that what you thought the ACC was or what it once was isn't what it is now. That's good and bad. It's inevitable. Change is inevitable. Um, but it's moments like this that force you to take a step back and realize that. Yeah, this one's especially jarring with the ACC. I mean, Luke, you've been around the league a long time. I was around the league a long time. And it, there's no other conference that leans on its history as much as the ACC. And and that was really evident in John Dahl's documentary series, The Tournament, about the history of the ACC Men's Basketball Championship, just how much the history of this tournament is ingrained in its day-to-day -day business. And now that it's leaving the home of Greensboro, it's home in Greensboro, that's uh, – that's pretty jarring. We're joined by Luke DeCock of the Raleigh News and Observer. Luke, just a couple more minutes, please. What does this mean with regards to the ACC championships? I know that they will take trips back to Greensboro, especially for the men's basketball tournament, but will this reduce or will this increase the number of tournaments we see outside of the state of North Carolina? More trips to New York, more trips to Washington, so on and so forth. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that will change, actually. I mean, part of it is the $15 million that the ACC got from the state included a requirement to host, I believe, seven of the next 10 basketball championships in North Carolina. Similar specifications for baseball and women's basketball and other championships, um, including, I believe, it's three in Greensboro. So that's, that's not going to change. And to be honest, that's what really matters to Greensboro. The league office is fine, but they need that tournament coming back. Uh, that, that's a big economic engine and driver, way more than a, a 40 or 50 employee company is. Uh, so, so that's not going to change a ton. Um, those changes have already happened. Going to Brooklyn, um, you know, I, I have zero problem going to Washington. I think that's a great site for the ACC tournament. And if it were up to me, I would rotate between Washington and Charlotte and then throw in a Greensboro or a Brooklyn. I'd like to go to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh would be awesome. I'd like to go back to Tampa. Um, I like it when the tournament moves around, as long as the core of the tournament remains in, in Charlotte and Washington and to a lesser extent Greensboro, which are the unquestionably the best sites and should be the repeat sites. Um, you know, the big change in the ACC tournament, as you know, is when it went from Saturday, Sunday to Friday, Saturday, and you suddenly had these two days to kill before the semifinals and finals, instead of those being afternoon games, suddenly Greensboro becomes a little less appealing than Washington or Charlotte, just in a sort of downtown core things to do aspect. Uh, but that said, the tournament's better in the Greensboro Coliseum than it is anywhere else. And that's something the ACC should respect. And now if it takes the state's $15 million, which they've said they're going to do, uh, it has to respect. It's going to have to go to, to Greensboro. And the other one is, you know, I believe very strongly, and I've written this, that the 75th ACC tournament in uh, 2028 should be played at the Tuesday game, should be played at Reynolds Coliseum mm. and bring it home to where it started. And I know that there are people both in, in Raleigh and, and at the ACC who think that's an idea worth pursuing. They'll never give me credit for it, Scott. But if I can get that started and plant that seed, I'd be happy to see it come to fruition. So we give you credit for that. We give Joe Giglio credit for the scheduling model they're going to be using. So I, I see how that you guys have really been sounds pulling. Like, the, well, y'all have been pulling the strings all along in Raleigh. I knew it. Sounds like they should have. Sounds like they should have put the conference office in Raleigh, Scott. <laughs> put it in Apex or Cary, right? Put it in Durham, maybe. No, I don't know. Put downtown <laughs> downtown Raleigh would be fine. Right next, right right above the N and O, we can be at. Suite 103 on 421 Fayetteville Suite and they, Street, and they can be in Suite 203. He's Luke DeCock, Raleigh News & Observer. Follow him on Twitter at Luke DeCock. Luke, before I let you go, I know this has kept you pretty busy for the last 24 hours or so. What are you working on for the rest of the week? Uh, you know, we've got big football games. We've got the President's Cup in Charlotte. Um, I've written a lot about that the last couple of weeks. Uh, Hurricanes open camp tomorrow. Uh, NC State basketball media day on Friday. It's it's always something, um, you know. As you know from from being in the state for a long time, and um, you know it's uh, it's a busy time. So I've got to go from Raleigh to Chapel Hill to Charlotte, um, you know. But that that just kind of comes with the territory. I I've I've beaten this thing up earlier today. I beat it up a little bit yesterday. I'm going to beat it up some more. I've never more been more disinterested in an international golf competition than I am this week. <laughs> it's hard. It really is hard because it's, it, it, as I wrote, it reminds me of the Ryder Cup in like the 70s when it was just Great Britain and Ireland. And you knew that barring some sort of, of miracle at the Belfry that they were going to just absolutely get walked. And it's anything other than that happens. I'll be honest with you. I also don't like that they tinkered with Quail Hollow. I feel like yeah. 16, 17, and 18 should be 16, 17, and 18. If you don't get there, fine. But that course builds to a crescendo. It's one of the things that's great about it. And moving those up two holes and playing whatever it is, 10 and 9, to close it out, isn't the same course that I've, you know, 
loved and played and enjoyed and, and enjoyed watching uh, tournaments there. It feels like if you have a climactic match and, and it's going to go 16, 17, 18 holes, I wanted to finish on those holes. Um, but obviously Johnny Harris and the PGA of America don't feel that way. It's their tournament. Um, I suspect they'll come to regret that when this is all over, but what, whatever. It's, it's, I, if it's competitive, I think they'll take that at this point. Is it, is it your favorite three-hole finishing stretch in, in golf? It, it's on my Mount Rushmore if it's not number one. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy playing it. Um, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun sequence of holes. Uh, it's a great finishing stretch. It's obviously great for stroke play. Um, you know, but, but no, I mean, I honestly, I, I think the, the closing stretch at the Dogwood course at Country Club in North Carolina, which hosted the Junior Am last year, um, is just as good. Um, it's not better. So there's, there's other great closing stretches in North Carolina. Uh, but that's a, there's no question that's a good one. And the fact that you've played majors on that course, you're playing a President's Cup on that course, you play a PGA Tour event on that course every year, that it becomes ingrained in lore, and then that becomes what you expect from that course. And I think that's what they're tinkering with a little bit. Another conversation for another time with our friend Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. Follow him on Twitter at Luke DeCock. Luke, you're the man, pal. Appreciate you coming on today. You got it, Scott. Take care, bud. All righty. It's Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. I love the, the Green Mile, the 16, 17, 18 at Quail Hollow. Without question, in my opinion, take it for what it's worth, one of the top four finishing stretches in golf. Definitely on the PGA Tour, but I'll throw out anywhere. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'll, I'll say this, and not because I'm a prisoner of geography or whatever, I like the finishing stretch at Harbortown. I think there's enough quirkiness there. With You got the bend on 16 with the sand along the left printing parallel to the fairway. You got the par 3 on 17 where you never know what you're going to get with the wind coming off Calabogie Sound. And then 18 is just a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And, of course, it doesn't hurt to have that iconic lighthouse in the background. Just something to think about. More of the Scott Hamilton Show to come. Will I want to make love to you tonight?